0: Uh, a 101, 201, 301 pathway. So we start with discovering Jesus because he's at the center of, of all of our, our faith and our life. The second is becoming a disciple. Okay, that's that sort of reflects on me. Well, who is he calling me to be? You know, I, I discover mm-hmm. Jesus, then I discover who he's calling me to be, uh, becoming a disciple. And then the third is becoming a, king, a kingdom craftsman, that there's there's a family business that God is calling us into. He's got work for us to do. We want to become true craftsmen in that family business. And that's what that third resource is going to do. So we should have those available for folks um, a little later this year. Like you said, John, maybe April, May. Um, So be on the lookout for those. And we'll be talking about them here on the show. Well, welcome, everyone. We want to say Happy New Year, Happy 2024. John and I are excited about what the Lord has for us here in the coming year and you all being a part of that. John, uh, we're going to talk today about focusing this year on the things that truly count. Since this is our first podcast of the year, Uh, we're going to talk about the three C's and why those are important. But, you know, a lot of times when we start a new year, we, we think about new beginnings. This show and what we're really excited about is returning to a refocus. So not necessarily doing something new, but
1: refocusing on something old. Yeah, Andrew, I think that's actually how life works, right? So we're always wanting an upgrade, you know? So every year there's a new iPhone or a new Samsung that comes out. So much of our lives is, I got to get the new thing. I, I need the new thing actually, almost like an addiction. Um, but, you know, we've, we've had a whole bunch of phrases that we use, but living in ancient faith in modern times, living in unchanging faith in an ever-changing world, that, that's just something we want to make sure we keep in front of our minds and at the, in the front of our listeners' minds and our community's minds, that we want to keep our focus back to Jesus, back to the scriptures in this ancient faith, rooted in who Jesus is, rooted in the scriptures. So like you said, it's not a new year, new you. Instead, it's a, a new year, a refocused you. And hopefully that focus comes right on to the person of Jesus. Yeah, this is for sure what what we're all about is
0: living for the things that truly count the things that don't change like you say uh, an unchanging faith in an ever changing world in some ways that's that's how you can understand what it means to be a follower of Christ or the life of discipleship is to be constantly anchoring, anchoring ourselves back to those unchanging truths but the excitement maybe the challenge the the thing that makes this um a, a, a constant learning process is that the environment around us is changing, our own lives are changing. And if we're not careful, then then we can get led off the path, so to speak, uh, even with good things. And we're gonna talk here in a little bit about the four Ds. There's gonna be a lot of alliteration in today's uh, show. <laughs> so everyone, yep. you know, fasten your seat belts, because uh, we're gonna talk about uh, maybe the three Ps, the four Ds, the three Cs. Uh, oh, man, but it'll all come together. Notes, man. <laughs> <laughs> it'll all come together. And I want to encourage people here at the outset to stick around for the end, because we do have some resources that we know will help you refocus and stay focused on following Jesus here in 2024. So John, what are some of the things that, that you would say just to get us started here? What are some of the things that don't change that, that the Lord is looking for, you know, in every generation, he, you know, the eyes of the Lord are—they're scanning the earth, and He's looking for certain qualities in our lives. So, maybe get us started on some of those things that don't change.
1: Yeah, it's it's really good, Andrew. That you, know, you just mentioned the Second Chronicles sixteen nine. It's just, it's just kind of this awesome passage that early on gripped us and gripped our mentor, kind of a common mentor that we have. Um, that what's it look like to be a, a kind of a completely and wholly devoted heart before God? Um, So that's something that hopefully isn't changing, in fact, maybe even kind of is growing for each of us, is that it's this ever-growing, ever-increasing kind of devotion, a fully devoted heart to God. But obviously the Word of God, God Himself, those things do not change uh, regardless of circumstances. In fact, most people, even when they talk about studying the Bible, they talk about, well, what did it mean in order that you can understand what does it mean for you now? So beginning, being able to place the scriptures in its proper context, beginning to place the scriptures as this message from an eternal God um, to his people. Those are all things that are unchanging. And the truth of the gospel is this ever unchanging um, powerful gospel truth. It's this great story uh, that we've called the greatest love story, and it's the greatest battle the world's ever known. Mm. Um, so that that's our gospel, and that's an unchanging story. How we relate that story to people in their context may change, but that story is unchanging. So I just think the word of God himself, the word of God, the gospel, God's story, the gospel, those of these ever ever unchanging things, they're they're never changing. And that for us, hopefully, the scriptures and our commitments, those are the things that are actually changing. It's deepening and and giving us a more fully and wholly devoted heart before God. Yeah, so the change we want
0: to see is the change of growth, not necessarily running around in in 10 different directions, but really discerning what are the, the things that don't change, the things that are the most important, and then focusing our lives and, and growing in our understanding of those things and our commitment to those things and in allowing those things to transform us, to transform our lives as disciples. I I just think of uh, the three M's. <laughs> this is gonna be a hilarious oh, man. This, this is hilarious. <laughs> but, you know, the things that don't change, you know, the, like you said, God and his word, so the master, his message, and then his mission. You know, these these are three things that you can give yourself to and know that whatever you invest in 2024, into your relationship with the master, into your understanding and and your um, proclamation of his message, and then your involvement in his mission, anything that you invest in those three things, it's gonna be a good investment, it's gonna be worth it. And it's really our mission as End of the Harvest is to help our community to, to lean into those three things and to really grow. And we're gonna talk about the the ways that we want to help you do that, but uh, maybe one last little word of introduction. We often talk about the first and last words of Jesus to his disciples in the Gospel of Matthew. So very easy to remember Matthew 4:19 and Matthew 28:19. The first words of Jesus that we see him speaking to his disciples are in Matthew 4:19, where he says, "Come, follow me, and I will make you uh, fishers of men." The last words that we see Jesus speaking to his disciples are in Matthew 28:19, where he says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey" everything i've commanded you and surely i'm with you always to the very end of the age these 219s matthew 419 matthew 2819 they serve as great bookends for us in terms of understanding what it means to follow jesus because he wants us to be disciples that's matthew 419 come follow me he also wants mm-hmm. us to make disciples go make disciples so there's a great there's a great um There's a great, um, what would you say?
1: (laughs) Like bookends, right? You're you're talking about yeah. There's a great
0: interaction between those two that you know that you're you're drawing near to Jesus. Come, follow me. Um, You're dedicating that that space and that energy in your life to learn and to listen and to follow but you're also understanding that he's called you to be part of this mission, to to go, to make disciples, to pass on to the next generation, the things that you're learning from him. And these things are just constantly, we're constantly moving back and forth in these, these two ways as followers of Jesus. Every day I should be drawing near to Jesus, come follow me. Every day I should be stepping out in faith to share with others the things that he's teaching me, go make disciples. And every day we're just going back and forth between those, those two. Our mission at Inches of Harvest is to help people stay focused on that and then to help them in some significant ways. So why don't you introduce for us the, the three C's and maybe add anything to, to what I was just sharing there from Matthew four and Matthew 28.
1: No, oh, I I, just, I love those because what it what it does is it helps you realize that when Jesus says come follow me, He's actually inviting you in to a relationship with Him and a journey with Him. You know, so you're you're talking about this interplay between those two passages, and what you have is an invitation: come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And so, part of the refocusing of hopefully 2024 is how can you be sure that you're following Jesus, knowing that He's actually taking you somewhere. He's taking you on a journey. He's wanting to walk with you and help you become a fisher of men. And as that process goes on, right, then he says, okay, therefore go, come follow me, go make disciples. Those two things. So as we talk about this idea of refocusing, um, that's what we really want to help you refocus on, that you would come follow me and that he would make you fishermen and you become a disciple and make disciples of Jesus. So, I mean, there's so many things that get in the way of that, Andrew. There's so many things that, you know, we we already talked about, you know, these new things that we have to have. So what we hope we can bring for you is that a focused on Christ, a Christ centered disciple making that end of the harvest that's that's really what we're about and and so we said we'd give you a whole bunch of acronyms but i'll start with the three p's before we go to the three c's these people are going to think we're crazy andrew (laughs) (laughs) but so some of the things that can kind of get in the way or some of the lies that we might can believe as god's people is that we believe that preaching praise and worship and programs can make disciples when it's Jesus who's making disciples and the vehicle that he chooses to use is people like you and me. He decides Mm -hmm. to use people. Um, That's actually the real P, right? The person of Jesus and the people who belong to Jesus, who make disciples. So I think that it's important to realize that, okay, we can get distracted um, by kind of the Mm -hmm. bells and whistles and the things that can kind of be flashy. That doesn't mean have bad preaching, obviously, or, or bad praise and worship. Uh, or bad programs, but what it does mean is don't put your confidence in those things to make disciples. So what we're hoping we can do for you instead is to give you convictions, the confidence, and clarity that helps you live Christ-centered disciple-making out in everyday life. So regardless, regardless of whatever's going on and any things you might add to that kind of, you know, pizza that you're building, all these different items and things. But instead that the the thing would really be Christ at the center of all of our lives, focused on him so that we live these lives that are 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 meaningful, but they're purposeful and they're glorifying to Jesus. So those would be those three those three C's that we talked about and we promised Mm -hmm. Um, conviction confidence, and clarity, but that we would live those in a Christ-centered way, that that's what we're actually getting convictions, confidence, and clarity on Christ and what he's called us to do. It's a good word. Those
0: are what we're going to be talking about uh, through the, the heart of today's show is convictions, confidence, and clarity, how you develop those, how Into the Harvest wants to help you develop in those ways. And so we're definitely going to do a, a deeper, a deeper dive on those, um, you know, thinking about, you know, preaching, uh, praise and worship and, and um, programs yeah, programs. yep. Yeah. yeah. These, these things are often what, what we, like you say, that's what we put our confidence in. Um, you know, why do you think that is? And, and I know you basically said, but what the Lord actually uses is his people, so, you know, why do you think we we sometimes miss that and we, we put the confidence in those other three
1: yeah it's you know this is this is, brings us to our four d s really right i mean the the first one is distractions um so it sounds really bad to say preaching is a distraction that in fact, it almost sounds ridiculous to, to like like to say it out my mouth because it's really proclaiming God's word right to his people but when we when we begin to take um and to take God out of the equation, and we begin to figure out ways to kind of market God, the gospel, and the kingdom, it can kind of lead us to some to some things that, that get us out of balance. And I think this is one of the ways we've been able to do that. Um, we, we've talked about this idea of incarnation and disembodiment, you know, from Samuel James to talk about digital liturgies. You, you and um, Shelton not just recently talking about how much it meant for Jesus to come and be incarnate. Um, we, we just tend to kind of take people out of the equation and right. replace it with some sort of practice you know mm-hmm. instead of actually focusing ourselves on the personhood of Jesus incarnate so it's it's not a surprise to me and I don't think it should be a surprise to any of us that part of the issue we face in the kingdom is is that we've replaced the great things with some good things that it could help us get there
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so like, it's just kind of I think it is a distraction um, and we're counting on those things to make the difference because it feels like those are the things that really draw people into the church right, that really right. bring people into the building when it's it, when really it ought to be um, them experiencing jesus is what's bringing them into the building and hopefully they experience that most with his people right
0: yeah absolutely we yeah, i was talking to a few of the young guys that i'm currently discipling just this past weekend and, and we were talking about Matthew nine, which is the passage where the name into the harvest comes from, where Jesus, if you look at that chapter, chapter nine of Matthew, Jesus is going, you know, he's a man on fire. Like he's, he's traveling mm-hmm. around the towns and villages, he's preaching, he's healing, he's working miracles, he's casting out yeah. demons. And by the end of it, and, and the disciples are with him, they're, they're supporting, they're trailing along. By the end of it, there are these multitudes coming to Jesus. Um, and when Jesus sees this, He's actually uh, distressed by it. The word is that he felt compassion, mm-hmm. but if you study that that term, the emotion that he's feeling is something akin to a, a punch in the gut like his his stomach's his stomach is in knots when he sees the multitude. so felt compassion it's it's a very weak English rendering of what emotion Jesus was actually feeling there at the end of Matthew 9. And we might look at that and say, this is a, this is a beautiful situation. Multitudes, thousands of people are coming to Jesus to, to hear, to be healed, to learn. But Jesus sees it as a great challenge. And he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He turns to his disciples and says, therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out workers into his harvest. So Jesus identifies this great need as as also the great challenge that there's a great harvest, but there are very few workers. And in Matthew nine, there was one worker, there was Jesus, and he had 12 helpers, but Hmm. he was the worker. And his goal was to see those 12 actually enter into his work. So in Matthew 10, you see him sending them out two by two. And they're now the ones preaching and healing and casting out demons. He's training them up to be the workers who join Him in the work. And I I think that fits with what you're saying is that we often want to outsource this work. We, We want to trust the preaching or the programs or the praise and worship, sometimes because we ourselves, we just don't feel capable, or maybe we don't understand that that's the calling that the Lord has, that He wants to use ordinary people like us to be the catalyst to go out into the harvest. And so this is really front and center we want to talk about it here the first episode of 2024 because this is the heartbeat of what we understand Jesus is calling us to and you know John you and I were speaking just before we started recording and you had shared the story about Paul's testimony from 1 Timothy 1 i think it's a great it's a great insight into our own lives and how we can actually identify with the apostle Paul. So
1: maybe share that with, uh, our listeners. Yeah, I'm going to grab it here. I, I, it's a powerful story and I've used it a lot. And I think the Lord is going to brought it to mind a number of times, just over and over again, just how, how faithful Paul was with what he knew, you know, and then actually, um, just the clarity that he received as he was spending time with Jesus. um, It's amazing. So this is what Paul writes to Timothy. So keep in mind that this is the, these are the last, this is part of the last three letters that Paul writes. He writes Mm first Timothy Titus and second Timothy to his, he disciples, his last Mm -hmm. two disciples. And this is what he says in in first Timothy chapter one, verse 12, he says, I thank him who has given me strength, our Christ, Christ Jesus, our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. So you think, okay, this is great. Um, God has considered me faithful, but, but he has to zoom all the way back out. And he says, th- it, it, this is like a plot twist, like an epic plot twist, because um, he says, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And this is what he says, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. And he says to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. So it's not a story about Paul. It's a story about our lord it's a story about jesus but one of the things that we have to realize is is that you might be distracted that's one of the d's our second d is you might have high levels of doubt so distractions and then doubt so the reason why this passage about paul and timothy coming up so is so important for us is because he says it's a trustworthy saying jesus christ came in to save all sinners of whom i'm the foremost so if i'm doubting about god's ability to use me when Paul is saying, hey, look at me, look at my life, look at how I live my life. I was this massive opponent of God. I traveled mm-hmm. what I, any world that I could travel. In fact, I was given orders to go persecute. And in fact, I took place, I took, uh, you know, he actually murdered Christians who were people were just trying to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we have this idea of doubt, well, God could never use me. Mm-hmm. Paul says to Timothy and he says to us. Look, there's he can use you. He's used me. I serve as an example of God's faithfulness. And it's to him be the glory and honor um, forever and ever. Amen. So this 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 passage, he's so thankful that God, that Jesus would push him into service. And this idea of doubt can creep into us. But if we just stop and think what the scriptures tell us and what the examples of the scriptures show us, is that it's not in us anyway. It's always been in God's power working through us. And so this passage really goes cuts straight to the heart of doubt. I want to use your life. Um, and this was in our last episode, right? You just put it best of, of uh, 2023, the, the mission part. And that was the thing that really gripped my heart, is that I wasn't just going to wait to die and not screw up my life, not sin. In fact, mm-hmm. what God instead wanted me to do, what you guys had convinced me of, you, Andrew, and Cindy— um, how you lived your life was that God wants to use you. Mm-hmm. So instead of doubting whether God could use me, instead you guys affirmed this idea in my life that if you're going to be here and you know Jesus, he wants to use your life. And it just goes, speaks directly to doubt. Um, I want to use you and I can use your life. In fact, Paul says, see, I'm living proof. Right. We often think of Paul as... Dead proof now, I guess. Dead proof now, but he was <laughs> living proof then. <laughs> he was when he wrote it. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we,
0: of course, we think of Paul as this great um, hero of the faith, and and he is. Much of the New Testament were, is made up of letters that Paul wrote to churches and to disciples, to to believers that he helped come into the faith. And yet, when Paul thought of his own life, he he saw someone who should not have ever been allowed to participate mm-hmm. in the work, except because of what Jesus had done in his life, that Jesus had considered him, right? So he actually says that, that that, that yeah. I think Christ Jesus, our Lord who strengthened me because he considered me faithful. He put me into service. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes when we have these doubts, when we think, well, I could never be used or I, I don't think God wants to use me. He, he wants to use more talented or more educated, um, more mature uh, believers. Those doubts are because we're making the assessment. We're considering whether or not we're faithful enough, whether or not we deserve to go into service. And what Paul realized was that yeah. Jesus had considered him faithful. Jesus had put him into service. And you're right, if you go a little bit further down, and I just want to read it again in case people missed it. He says, he was the chief sinner, the worst one out there. And he says that he found mercy for a couple of reasons. One, that Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience. So it tells us something about Jesus and his patience and his willingness to use broken people, flawed people. But secondly, Paul says this was as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. So Paul saw that Jesus was putting him into service um, to accomplish both those things, to, to show us a truth about who Jesus is. But also to say something about his ability to use us. You know, if he if he used Paul, he can use you. And oftentimes we don't think that way, but that's that's really what what Paul was trying to get at.
1: Yeah, it's so good, Andrew. I think we've used this phrase before on the show, but it also helps us helps us remember that there's only one hero. There's only one hero in all of the scriptures, um, and everybody else just points you and helps you remember how much more epic and hero that that you know that our Jesus is. You know. Um, so part of the reason why we can't make this connection with Paul is because he's this hero of the faith, right? You know, he's, right. This, he's this special person with right. a special ability, and no doubt he was gifted. There's That's inarguable. Mm-hmm. But instead, no, he was actually an everyday person, and he was the vehicle, just like we're the vehicle that God wants to use. He um, has the same Holy Spirit that we have. Um, and just so kind of bringing that back into focus is really important. Who's our hero? Jesus is our hero, um, And that just kind of helps us recapture this idea of whose power is it that's at work. And it's really this Jesus and his Holy Spirit at work within us, Mm -hmm. um, which then brings the glory to him, which Paul, you know, kind of closes that that phrase down so well with to him be the honor and glory. You know, but that that doesn't mean that, you know, let's say we push through the distractions. We push through the doubt. You know, both of those things actually pushes you to a place where you're going to try and count count on something else. accomplish the mission there's still going to be seasons of discouragement and and that's that third d so you have distraction doubt and discouragement so that means even as you're trying to engage with the lord there's seasons where you feel like man maybe i'm not hearing the lord as clearly as i have in the past and during my quiet time or i'm not experiencing him as intimately i don't have an uh, emotional connection with jesus in this season that i've had before or you're out and you're sharing your faith and you're sharing the gospel and it's hard to find a faithful man or a faithful woman to invest in. There will be these seasons of discouragement. And so just knowing that those are coming and knowing that uh, there will be challenges. In fact, it's crazy. He actually goes on to that very next text where he talks about how two of the people that he discipled kind of roll out on him. <laughs> right. And so Paul himself had mm-hmm. these seasons of discouragement uh, when it came to being his messenger, knowing even that God put him into service and called him into service. So I don't, I don't know. I know that we have worked through this so many times with so many people. We've worked through it ourselves where, man, what is it? God, are you doing? What are you doing in this season? How can I be more faithful to understand you, to, be, to take the right steps? We've had these seasons of discouragement. So what would you say Kind of those, to that kind of our third D here on discouragement? Well, there's a real progression
0: here. These four Ds, these yeah. are things that keep people from stepping out in faith. follow Jesus and to make disciples. So that's, that's why these are things we've experienced. And these are things we've, we've observed roadblocks or, or mental blocks that keep people from really living this life of faith as disciples and disciple makers. So there's sort of a progression, right? Because at the beginning there's distraction. So, so many of us are just so busy with everything that the world is throwing at us that we don't even understand what Jesus is calling us to. We don't even have a vision for being his disciples and making disciples. So we're distracted. Uh, but then sometimes you begin to understand that, hey, I think Jesus is calling me to this and that's where doubt comes in. But surely I could never, I, I'm not qualified. I'm not enough to, to follow Jesus and to help other, certainly not enough to help other people follow Jesus. So doubt can, can creep in. But if you step out in faith, if you, if you have the clarity that you're not distracted and you step out in faith in the midst of these doubts, then discouragement can come in because it's not like hmm. you just t- take that step of faith and then everything just goes perfect. I mean, the Lord is, is definitely gonna show you his amazing power and his faithfulness. And, and he's gonna show you um, how he is at work in you and through you in ways that are very encouraging, but there will also be setbacks, short, you know, shortcomings. And that's where the discouragements can really come in. And, and that's true for all of us. That's one of the reasons why we need each other. We need to be part of a community of saints that is, is encouraging one another and building one another up because discouragement will be one of the things. And oftentimes if you're isolated and you're not really investing deeply in those friendships and in those partnerships. I think it's one of the reasons why Jesus sent them out two by two. You, you never see an isolated uh, disciple maker out there just making things happen. Hmm. We need each other because discouragements will come. So I, I don't know if that if I gave you enough of an example. We'll, we'll get into some, some examples here shortly, but the fourth D is disillusionment. And like you said here in this chapter, we see that. We see that with um, people like Paul throughout the New Testament, that, that, that there were seasons, and even people from the Old Testament, seasons where they've been faithful, they've been trusting God, um, and yet th- there are very low seasons, there are times where you can lose heart. And I think that's maybe the difference between discouragement and disillusionment is you can really question and doubt whether or not um, this thing is, is working and worth it. And it's encouraging, in some weird sense, it's encouraging that we see people struggling with disillusionment. We we've been studying uh, First and Second Corinthians with um, some of the some of the one of the groups that I'm leading, and I love Second Corinthians in particular because it's the most emotionally raw letter of Paul that we find mm-hmm. in the New Testament. And when you read Second Corinthians, you see that Paul was emotionally in a really dark place. Um, a lot of A lot of times the word fear it comes up over and over in Second Corinthians that Paul was fearful that his work had been in vain that that the believers were turning away from jesus and so um, he says at the beginning that that they they despaired even of life like it didn't even seem like they were going to be able to keep going, and yet God showed up in that disillusionment and in that that low point so Again, um, these four Ds, they're, they're things that keep us from moving forward as disciples and as disciple makers. We're all going to experience them, distraction, doubt, discouragement, and disillusionment. We've seen it in our own lives. We've seen it in those that we've discipled. And so where, where we want into the harvest to, to come into play, and we hope that it can be an encouragement to you, is to identify those things,
1: but then also to provide a way forward. Yeah, that's really good, Andrew. I mean, I just think ultimately where it leads you is these lies from Satan that says you can't be used. You're not usable. God doesn't have a plan. God's not sovereign. You don't belong to him. And so just, you just think about and you track those things down, the discouragement. I'm sorry, the distractions, doubt, discouragement, and then disillusionment. It, it, it leads you to this place where I'm unusable. God doesn't have a plan for my life. And that that's really where we want to bring these three Cs, um, conviction, clarity, and confidence. That So just as Paul was so confident, mm. God put me into service. Jesus did that. He put right. me into service. I didn't opt in. I didn't say, hey, pick me. You know, though, he made some choices that allowed him, you know, and when he when he repents, right. he calls him Lord um, that Jesus called him. So that could we have those same kind of convictions before God? I'm sure mm-hmm. that God wants to use me. And this is the thing that's true about convictions, though, is that you don't just wake up one day and be fully convinced of something. You mm-hmm. know, it's convictions are a journey. They, they're, they're, You're starting at one place and you might, you know, I think this is probably true. But as you try that kind of hypothesis out over time. Um, It's something that becomes more and more deep and you're fully convinced of something. So Mm -hmm. you you might have a momentary conviction of sin, right? Where you know you're a sinner and you come to the Lord broken before him and complete repentance, and you're going to give your life over to him. But being fully convinced of who he is, you are because of what he says you are, what he has for you to do. This is this journey. So I think the first thing we've got to highlight so much so early on is this idea of conviction is you're, you're ending into a journey where God is going to help you firm up who you are, who he is, and what he has for your life, and how those things really center on the person of Christ rather than they center, center upon myself. So when we talk about distraction, doubt, discouragement, disillusionment, it actually is this very self-focused way to live your life instead of a very Jesus kingdom focused way of living your life and that's where we want to help you refocus this year so can you be convinced like so we want to tell you God wants to use your life we want to point you to the passages in the scriptures where God says he wants to use you he's inviting you to be his disciple and he is inviting you to make disciples that glorify him in every nook and cranny of the harvest wherever you go um but you'll have to enter in that journey yourself you have mm-hmm. the same invitation that all the disciples had that we have had that your heroes of the faith have had folks that your mentors pastors you like to listen to books that you read you have that same invitation that they had will you enter onto the journey to be fully convinced mm-hmm. that you belong to Jesus and he has he has a mission for your life these
0: 3 Cs they they are I believe the, the positive antidote. So if you think about the four D's that we've already spent some time talking about, they will come your way. So it's not like um, anyone's going to, to, to get away with not having to experience things like distraction or doubt or discouragement or even disillusionment. All of us will go through that. If you follow Jesus long enough, you 're going to be bumping up against these four d 's really over and over and over, so yeah. so what do you do? What actually enables you to keep trusting Jesus, to keep walking on the path to keep serving him? you know first Corinthians fifteen fifty eight is one of those 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 verses that it, it admonish us to keep going you know to always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Why Because you know that your your labor in the Lord is not in vain? Well, Paul has to write that because sometimes you question, like, is it in vain? And you see it in Paul, like you see him questioning, like, I, is this in vain? Is my effort, is my dedication? So you, we're all gonna come against those four Ds. The things that, that help us keep going are these three Cs, the, the deepening convictions, the greater clarity, and then the confidence that really, I think, comes from convictions and, and clarity lived out over time. You begin to develop a confidence I love the way you're emphasizing that, John, that ultimately the confidence more and more is in Jesus and in his faithfulness to to guide us and to strengthen us and to work through us even when we fail uh, to work through our failings and, um, you know, to to, to keep us in the in the fight and in the faith. So this idea of convictions developing over time, I, I think is is really good. So you had some other passages here that, um, and and the analogy of exercise and developing ourselves that I thought was pretty helpful. You wanna share that with us?
1: Yeah, I just think, so i got to throw a disclaimer out, which might be helpful to the listers. Like, you know, this body's built for comfort, not for speed. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm talking with someone who uh, uses actually, uh, I've studied it. I know what it looks like to be in shape, though I'm not right now. Um, <laughs> so just throw that disclaimer out before we get started. But just this idea that anytime you're trying to become stronger or you're trying to change, there's really three principles, um, time, stretching, and and kind of weight training you know Mm -hmm. so really the time aspect is you're going to continue to do it you're putting the reps in so just this idea that you're going to build these convictions is that you have to be in this place where you're going to be able to um you know, begin to put practices in your life that you're gonna do over and over and over again that helps you and sets you up for success. And you can kind of use that as an analogy of like you're just continuing mm-hmm. to put reps in mm-hmm. um, and, and you're beginning to, tr- to do, kind of put the work in, so to speak. The second one is this idea of stretching is that you're doing new things. Um, you're kind of shocking your body and it's developing you. So then because you're doing that, what it does is it allows your body to continue to grow, move, develop, So that, you know, as you make this decision to enter into this journey is you're going to take some faith steps forward to maybe you've never shared the gospel with anyone. So I'm going to share the gospel um, with a friend. Uh, Maybe you've never actually shared a thought out of your Bible study or, you, you know, there's friends that you've had, your neighbors that you never introduced yourself to. Maybe you have a friend um, at school or you've got a friend in college or someone in your neighborhood who's actually asked you about your faith. You never, oh, you know, you know, well, you go to church and you just invite them to church. So the stretching comes as you're taking kind of faith steps to say, okay, God's given me some opportunities, I want to take them. And then the weight training, I I really, I kind of use that analogy in terms of, you know, you're adding more weight as you make reps. Mm -hmm. So God does that naturally for us actually, right? Right. (laughs) Where he's bringing these difficult situations into our lives and he's showing himself faithful over and over again so that when the next trial, the next thing happens, we're complete, not lacking in anything like James chapter chapter one talks about. So, but entering onto this journey, we use this phrase, what are the practices that build conviction? And so, really, what we're talking about are the basics of the Christian life: word, prayer, being in fellowship, sharing our faith, mm. doing what the Scriptures tell us to do. Mm. But you'll have to put the reps in. You, you're going to have to do those over and over again, you, not just once. You know, I remember when we first started studying the Bible together, Andrew. You would say this great thought, and I was reading the exact same passage. Mm. I don't know if you remember this or not, but the, I think we were at my house. It's way back in the day in Kentucky. I was like, "How did you see that?" Mm. Where'd that thought even come from? You're like, well, I was reading it and I had this thought and I knew this cross reference. And then I made me look up this word in the Greek and bam, God gave me this thought. I had no framework for that whatsoever. I just didn't have the reps. I had no idea actually how to make connections across the scriptures. So I'd say that the first thing is, is that you don't just get a conviction and it's just like working out. You know, everybody's trying to lose weight this year, I'm sure, or be more fit or, have more gains or something you know <laughs> um but we also know that uh that's only going to be as good as my commitment to it and how many reps and the time i put into it And if i don't quit you know after january the 25th you know once my i set my new resolution but i didn't do anything about it so a little bit of a ramble there but i think that's kind of the, the thought Well, one of the key thoughts that I'm taking from what you were just sharing
0: there is that sometimes we can think of convictions as, as just limited to our, our mental disposition. So I have a conviction because I think something is true and I really, I really believe in it, I really agree with it mentally. But, mm. but biblically, that's, that's not the full understanding of convictions and that's, that's why I think bringing in practices, like you said, biblical convictions are having an insight, and then putting it into practice, and then conviction comes out of that. So it's, it's the insight plus the engagement in the real world, taking action on that insight that builds conviction. So when Peter steps out of the boat, I think is, the, is sort of the first thing that, that comes to my mind, is uh, you know Peter ended up having a conviction that was deeper than the other 11 in that moment, because for a brief time, he walked on the water and so yeah. there was this insight that, hey, Jesus is walking on the water. And if it's really him, he should be able to enable me to walk on the water. So he took, he's the only one who took that step. You know, only two men in history have walked on water. And Peter's one of them. <laughs> His didn't last as long, yeah. but uh he did walk on the water. Sure um, did. But it's because he was willing to to take action on that. So for us, we want to live out these practices in our own lives because. These practices are the, the secret sauce to developing convictions yeah. that carry you through discouragement and, and disillusionment. That, you know, the, 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 the time to start training for the battle is not as you're charging the field. It's, it's to develop right. those practices, deepen those convictions so that when God brings the, the storms of life our way, you know, we can stand up under
1: those. Yeah, it's so good, Andrew. It really makes me think about this is why Christ-centered disciple making is so important. So we talked about Matthew 4:19, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, Matthew 28:19, therefore go and make disciples. Right. But 20 is saying teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Mm. And so, you know, making that connection it's it's not teaching them to know everything I have commanded you, teaching them facts about me instead it's teaching them to obey me. Right. So we use the three B's. Um, you might as well just throw them all out here, you know, uh, (laughs) sorry, to believe in, to belong to and become like Jesus. So what, what the disciples are actually charged to do isn't just to give these people give the next kind of section of converts or disciples a knowledge about Jesus instead, it's to help them become like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, so when it comes to practices that lead to convictions, it's I'm teaching people to obey. I've been taught to obey. And and when I interact with Jesus, it's, it's not just something new that I think. Instead, it's something that he's actually asking me to do or is reminding me to do. Um, so the practices that lead to convictions. But that Jesus brings that clarity um, by saying teaching them to obey. So one way we're going to be helping you is by
0: highlighting those practices that you can engage in that will lead to conviction. That That's one of the things that if you are part of our community and you continue listening to the podcast or engaging with our resources, they're going to be highlighting practices that you can engage in that will deepen your convictions about what, who God is and how he wants to use you. Another see is clarity. And, you know, John, why are we using all these acronyms? It is kind of comical. We, <laughs> know, we did not plan this people, <laughs> but the reason why we're using them is because all of these are frameworks and they're frameworks that bring clarity. So whether that's the four D's, Hey, that, that brings clarity to the challenges that I'm facing. You know, the, mm-hmm. the three B's to believe in, to belong to, and to become like Jesus. Well, that's a framework that, that gives me clarity about what does it really mean to be a person of faith? Well, are these three things true of me? It's helpful, you know? So the other way that we want to help people is to help them have clarity. And I think that this is, this is one of the big ones because there's in an age of information, what's, what's so interesting is that as, as, as we've entered this age of abundant information where you can, you can Google anything and get thousands of hits, you know, you would think that more than ever we would have clarity, but I, I would, proposed that it's actually the opposite that in an abundance of information you actually get lost because there's so much you know so what what we really need is something that can cut through and give us the clarity to understand who God is and what he's really calling us to and that's what these frameworks do that's a big thing that we're leaning into within the harvest is providing frameworks that bring clarity to ordinary believers so that so that they can live and share their faith in everyday life. So, so we're going to be doing that. And, um, that's really a, a big part of what we're doing over on the YouTube channel. So if you're not subscribed over there, I would encourage you to do that because we are going to be producing more shorter topical videos, both, you know, one minute mission minutes that, that give you that clarity, uh, uh, just a brief insight into some spiritual truth that you can hang on to but also some five to eight minute videos where we'll tackle a topic that has to do with following Jesus and helping other people follow him throughout this year that I think uh, will bring a lot of clarity to folks who want to live this life of discipleship.
1: Yeah, it's so good, Andrew. I I can't tell you how excited I am to to really be in a press-in to just give those very practical tools Um, We kind of loosely reference to them, you know, quite a bit in our shows and then we link kind of those resources for you. But in fact, one of the major things in the first couple months you'll see for this year in the show is a real strong emphasis on the word of God. Um, how to study the scriptures, tools about the scriptures. That doesn't mean every show this first quarter will be about the scriptures, but there'll be a real kind of heavy focus on the importance of the scriptures, which we believe is one of the greatest ways you get clarity as you, as you follow Jesus is that, you know, a, a, a friend of ours used to say, um, God, what is it you want me to do today? Or is there anything you might have for me? And, and you would kind of, kind of sit silently before him. And hmm. he always felt like God kind of said, well, I've kind of written some things down <laughs> there. Um, You might want to check them out you know (laughs) so right um you know know, i don't think it really went down that way but he's just kind of saying like (laughs) hey there's a you know jesus wrote down Mm. jesus became the word you know was the word became the word flesh dwelt among us you know Mm. the word became flesh and dwelt among us and so getting to know jesus being in the scriptures those are things that bring you clarity and but just like you said you know there's 66 books there how many is it, like 31,000 verses or something like that? Yeah. Did you Did you do the math? I think you told me I that, did, right? yeah. Uh, 31,000, Thir- 31, 174, 000, I think. Yep, yep, exactly. 174? Yep. I don't know. I wrote that in my Bible it, one time, it, so thanks. Honestly, <laughs> when you get all the way down, it gets a little... Some Bibles, you know,
0: they leave out certain verses, but yeah, 31,000, 173, crazy. 174.
1: So just so you know, as you're looking at that scripture, you're like, okay, well, every one of these verses is important. Mm-hmm. God wrote them down, right? But there's just another way in which we can understand yeah. why clarity is so important. Um, and who do we focus on? How do we focus? Um, that's that's kind of at the heart of this this idea of, of providing clarity. So we do hope that's something that that's that's helpful for you as the years come by, as the year goes by, um, so that you can be a more Yeah, just be more on point with who Jesus is and and clear on what the mission is. We want to
0: help you have resources and practices that deepen your convictions. We want to provide frameworks that bring clarity because out of that comes confidence over time as you engage in those practices and, and you become more familiar with the frameworks that that focus and shed light on what God is asking from his people. You live that out over time confidence begins to build because you begin to see these things li- lived out in real life, God using you, God showing you God, things amen. from the scriptures that you didn't see before. Uh, with that time in the footsteps of Jesus comes a confidence that that carries you through some of those discouragements and, and disillusionments that come. John, we probably ought to uh, shift and just In wrapping up uh, i know you've already shared a little bit about um, where we're going here in the coming months and why we uh, encourage people to subscribe and stay connected with us but what are some of the uh things that are coming up here that you're excited about you've already shared a little bit but um you want to give any other updates to our our listening community
1: yeah we hope that kind of just this idea of of confidence as we bring that to close is that you know confidence does build over time so this idea that as i try things as god gives me ideas i become more and more confident that he that he can use me and so um recently we just had the opportunity to work with a publisher to work through some of these tools that have given us confidence through the years and tools that both of us has used use quite a bit and the folks that we've discipled have used and so we're hoping that to kind of get in your hands here relatively soon maybe april may time frame is is to give you three resources and it almost kind of comes right in line with with what we've been talking about of becoming a Christ a Christ-centered disciple maker is discovering who Jesus is um, getting on this journey who is Jesus and looking from the beginning of scriptures all the way through to the end of the scriptures who is Jesus and how do I discover who he is and what he's about um the second one is you know a second book that we're going that we're calling becoming a disciple um that will help you okay what are you know 20 it's a 20 week study where you're working through What's it look like actually to to belong to Jesus, to be his disciple? And then the last one, which we think will bring a whole lot of confidence for you, is is how to become a kingdom craftsman and just tools that you can use day in and day out of of just helping people who have questions about where do I get started? What's it look like to get started? Because what, what we found is, is that there's either one of two problems. The first problem is I don't know how to make a disciple because I've never been discipled myself. The second problem is I, I think I want to make disciples, but no one's interested. <laughs> hmm. So how do we help, how can these resources help bring both of those things together? One of those is, is that I've got materials, I've got ways to think through things. And what you'll find is, is that those things actually become their own. You're not just kind of like sitting down with that Bible study and reading line for line, and that's not how you make a disciple. It's something that puts you on this journey to be at the feet of Jesus and helps other people be at the feet of Jesus. So Mm -hmm. the first one is, is how can you personally become a disciple beginning to progress towards how do you pass those things away to give you those three C's, convictions, confidence, and clarity to be a Christ-centered disciple maker. Yeah,
0: these resources are going to provide folks with a pathway to discipleship. So uh, a 101, 201, 301 pathway. So we start with discovering Jesus because he's at the center of of all of our, our faith and our life. The second is becoming a disciple. Okay, that's that sort of reflects on me. Well, who is he calling me to be? You know, I, I discover mm-hmm. Jesus, then I discover who he's calling me to be, uh, becoming a disciple. And then the third is becoming a, king, a kingdom craftsman, that there's, there's a family business that God is calling us into. He's got work for us to do. We want to become true craftsmen in that family business, and that's what that third resource is going to do. So we should have those available for folks um, a little later this year, like you said, John, maybe April, May, Um, so be on the lookout for those and we'll be talking about them here on the show but uh, I'm excited about it you know 2024 I'm doing the same thing I was doing in 2023 but I'm excited because the Lord is allowing us to go deeper in these in this life of following him and helping other people follow him and in that in that life of following and serving is is the joy and the excitement of of learning and seeing God at work so you know, I, I don't have necessarily anything new <laughs> that I just can't wait to experience something that I've never experienced before. It's more of, Lord, thank you for letting me follow you. Thank you for calling me into your work. And I'm excited to see what the Lord has for us uh, here in
1: 2024. Yeah, Andrew, that's so good. I, I, you know, I often have this conversation with, with many people. We minister a lot to soldiers, um, but, you know, one of the kind of ethos, one of the ways a soldier thinks is how do I better my position? You know, so if you have a, a poor position, you're trying to better your position against the enemy. So that kind of, kind of breeds like a kind of a get promoted, get a new job, be more prestigious, maybe be more elite. Um, so I often find myself just having conversations with, with some of these men and women just saying, "What what if laboring in the kingdom of God is as good as it gets, <laughs> you know, what if there's no upgrade? Um, and, and folks, we're here to tell you that there is no upgrade. You know, Walking <laughs> with Jesus, um, spending time with Jesus, sharing your faith with others around you, making disciples for Jesus, it's as good as it gets. Um, so it may not be something new for Andrew and I that we're doing, but we're hoping to invite you into something new. If you've never tried to become a disciple, if you've never tried to give yourself away to someone else to make disciples – then it is than it could be this very new part of your faith, and it's a ne- it's a ever growing and never boring um, way to live your life with Jesus is to to walk with Him and give yourselves away to the next generation, um, and to see the world through that next generation of disciples that you're raising up. So, nothing new for uh, end of the, for the end of the harvest gang. Um, but if you're listening to this and you think, I want to make a disciple, I want to be a disciple, I want to make disciples of Jesus, then we invite you to come on to this journey with us um, and, and to make disciples, um, because we know that you won't be disappointed.
0: I I agree 100%. Actually, John, we didn't even talk about this, but I, I sent this quote out to my oldest son. I'd come across it recently. It's from a book called Your God is Too Glorious. I haven't read the book, so... This isn't an endorsement okay, of the book, disclaimer, <laughs> but this quote really jumped out at me, but it says to lead a quiet life, you know, it's referencing the passage there in first uh, Timothy four, to lead a quiet life doesn't mean that you lower your expectations as much as you lower your gaze. Instead of looking up to the next accomplishment, the next rung on the ladder, you look down at the daily life you live, the children God has given you, the spouse by your side, your aging parents, your dear friends, the poor and needy, all those little things you miss when you're always looking up to the next big thing in your life. And that's really the sentiment that you know, you're know you describing there is that it doesn't get any better. And the good news is this is where life is truly found in these little things, the, the faithfulness mm-hmm. in the relationships and in the work that the Lord has given us, that is where life is found. So We're excited about being on that journey together here in 2024 and invite you guys to to join us on it.